In this episode, we pick up with part two of our conversation with our resident therapist homegirl, Miss Kristen Jackson. If you have not already done so, please go ahead and listen to part one so that you can be involved in this amazing conversation from the very beginning. Hey guys, you're listening to Talk Space with Jen and Quee. I'm your girl, Jen. And I'm your girl, Quee. And this is our Safe Space podcast where we talk about all things life. From professions to family, love, laughter, and hot topics. And all the things in between. But from our perspective, of course. So welcome. Thank you. Go ahead, grab your favorite drink, have a seat, and let's just chat. It's a powerful like, like this is this conversation <laughs> is it's bugging me out, but it's also like really making me think. And you know, of course, I have my notes over here, and I'm writing notes down. And I'm jotting things down. Yeah, like, oh, it moved. It moved. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are just a couple of things that really stick out for me. So, Queen and I being raised like in the same family, like, right, we have different sets of parents, right? But we're basically the same family and our experiences are so different. Like I didn't have the grandmother that, you know, maybe was speaking from that place of fear. Um, And I think because of that, because it was always like, I think I was subconsciously raised to always be on. And so when, when you're talking about, you know, what does it mean to show up as yourself? I'm, I feel like me being on is myself. Right. But that's fair. Like, wait, that's fair. Is it myself? Because <laughs> if it is myself, then I don't, I don't identify with so many people that I'm supposed to be able to identify with because our experience is so different. Like the mere fact that I didn't even know what the cookout was. I feel like I should know what the cookout is. And I don't know if you, if you, <laughs> listen, you weren't on here when that, but I mentioned a figurative cookout, like, right. oh, she comes to the cookout. She right. Didn't. I mean, he, he family. She, she didn't know. She didn't know. what. <laughs> I thought, cookout. I thought she was talking about the 4th of July barbecue. A literal, a literal cookout. And I told her I that because she didn't know what the cookout was, she can't come to the cookout now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll follow that. You know, and just, I guess, to be fair, that's something that people have, I've just noticed, kind of been recently saying, you know, is you can't come to the cookout. Um, because I think I think I heard it for the first time because Stacey Dash trying to come to the cookout. She's trying to get reinvited again. Right. I don't know Stacey Dash <laughs> not invited. She cannot come. She's not. Ever. She's been canceled. <laughs> Even I know that, guys. <laughs> yeah, see, you know. I'm in the same boat with her, so... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Whoa. whoa. She on the Titanic. Right. I'm your still over here on Carnival. Your invitation is pending. Okay. It's pending. Yeah, I'm going to stay out of that family business right there now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so, it's so, I just, I feel like this, like, this is myself. Like, this is me. This is how I show up. It's, it's, it's not it's not an act. It's not a, a, a version. And maybe it's a layer, right? Maybe that layer is a couple of layers thick. 
right? But it's just how I've always been taught to be. And I was going to say that. I was like, you know, mm -hmm. maybe you feel that way. Maybe that's just who you are. And that's perfectly okay. I mean, mm -hmm. if you feel like you don't have to, your, your switch being on is who you are. That's just who you are. I mean, mm -hmm. That's just, I mean, there, like you said, there are different layers to people. Now, my switch being off is, is who I am, okay? And I have to turn it on. I have to get myself together, girl. Check it. <laughs> turn it, turn it on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was gonna, I wanted to agree with you with that on, um, on that, Kui, because if that's just who, who you are, that's just what it is. Now, you know, if there's, if people start to, if, I think if we start to question ourselves, then that's where we can kind of take a, another inventory. You know what I'm saying? But if you are that person who is straight-laced and do your thing a certain way, and not saying that's what you mean for yourself, Jen, but people, you know, there are so many, everybody has a platform, which means we're hearing everybody's opinions on all these things and who you should and shouldn't be. And then being black means this. And you get in your car and take it because of that. You can't come to the cookout. Like, that's not fair because you are who you are. I think a lot because of our values and culture. But what I talk about when I'm doing professional development trainings and stuff like that for other colleagues and other professionals who seem to have their stuff together in a sense, right? <laughs> they seem to be. But they don't really grasp the concept that culture means more than race and ethnicity. Black yeah. people wait are a second, also... Wait a second, Christian. Can you just express <laughs> this? Let me let me let me explain to you why both of us are pausing right now, right? Okay. Because Quee and I had a conversation once and someone that I was involved with who was not black said to me, "Don't you feel like you should, you know, be more into the culture? Don't you feel like you're detached? Like you don't even know about the culture. Why don't you know?" And and I and my response was, "Wait a second." Culture is not defined by ethnicity. Culture is defined by experiences and okay. environments and communities. And I think, nope, we know mm -hmm. that when other people say <laughs> culture, they mean ethnicity. And I'm saying ethnicity right. and not race because mm -hmm. I don't like the word race. It bothers mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Race is a word that was made up when the Constitution was signed. Okay, mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. not a word that was there before then oh so watch that gem that i just dropped google it it's the thing Iconic. I that. <laughs> but like it really took me back because this person and and people were always like oh jen's not black jen's not black jen's not black enough hold uh -huh. a second like i am and i own that quiz me on my black history concepts quiz me on my ancestry.com Right? Don't quiz me though, because I'm not available. Don't quiz me. <laughs> Queen said don't quiz her. She's not available, guys. <laughs> but just because my experience is not someone else's experience doesn't mean that I am not fully engulfed in my culture. My culture mm -hmm. is just different from their culture mm -hmm. because it's about experience. It's about our interaction. So that's why we both needed a moment of silence right there. But we appreciate you for saying that. Yes, you got to let the people know, y'all. I think the reason why, one of the reasons why I'm in the field is because I want Black women to feel comfortable having conversations like y'all are facilitating and kind of kicking up for people and feeling comfortable to face their traumas and having, you know, and being challenged. You know what I'm saying? Because we were just talking about how we were raised with certain ideals for years and being raised in a certain way. But when nobody questions you, of course, you know, you're okay in your bubble. But then a lot of what people 
do for each or to each other is and sometimes unintentionally just threaten our bubbles and that's why we pop off at each other so when i say that i'm a privileged black woman that means i'm able-bodied i can walk i can talk i'm an i'm a person and i can use my limbs you know there are some people who don't have that ability so that's a piece of culture you know what i'm saying disabilities acquired disabilities gender orientation sexual identity like all those things are part of who we are we're not a monolith if i'm going to speak about just black women period we got layers in and and we peel them back we got levels and steps and one thing that you were saying earlier jen that i wanted to touch on was just the fact that it's not if this is who you are whatever this is and you fill in the blank then be that and people i think would do themselves a better service if they understood that we are different people at different stages of life because it's not fair for you to say i'm going to be this stagnant person for 30 years and then the next 30 years i'm going to be that person because we have so many different life experiences that shape our worldview the way our values are shaped they change they change when i became a wife and when i became a mom when i got my own business when i was fired I had values that changed and they shifted and priorities moved. And so it's so it's so many different things that make up who we are. And I'm hoping that people can be more gracious towards each other when it comes to this kind of thing, because I think that's that very concept that we can't change and that we're stagnant is what keeps black women in a box and keeps us in this space where you can only be identified as an angry black woman. And if you're going to roll your neck, that means there's no turning back. You know, when, when Susie, the white woman does it, she's asserting herself. You know what I'm saying? Y'all better so. put some respect on Miss Jackson's <laughs> name right now. Period. That's the whole thing. Listen, that that was something that when we talked about this episode, I told Jen is very important. Me being a black woman automatically because of who I am and how my personality is, it comes off aggressive. Mm-hmm. I'm being assertive, okay? Not aggressive. Mm-hmm. I, am right. a, I am aggressive. You will have to call the police. And I be trying to tell these people that <laughs> one of y'all said earlier, or oh, I could pop off. I'm gonna pop off regardless. But you will know when I have gone from uh, from assertive to aggressive. Okay, she's not aggressive for anybody listening. She just got somebody, really aggressive. Somebody just got laid out. If I'm being aggressive, okay. And I think that it's so so weird that they put all black women like if you identify as a black woman like myself. If you are very assertive, even in your professional life, they automatically put you in a box. Like, oh, that's the angry, mad black woman. No, I'm not. But I'm also not go take your mess either. <laughs> and I think it's just so weird. And I was thinking about this the other day because if you follow me on Snapchat, then you see my snaps about having a conversation with a black woman who had been working for a company for 13 years. And when I asked the question, what has your company done for um, diversity and inclusion, um, for the diversity and inclusion culture of the company? And this lady, older black lady, told me that, oh, the company's doing great things. And I said, well, what great things are they doing? And she says, oh, they have optional webinars that you could take if you want to learn about somebody else's culture. Hold up, ma'am. Wait a minute. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's not great things. Having somebody have an option to whether they want to learn about being diverse and inclusive in a, in a workplace is not a great thing because 
not every black woman is going to fit in that box. As you see right here in this conversation, three different, we all identify as black women, very different perceptions of life in general. So it's so weird that they like to stick us in a box. I'm assertive. Okay. I'm very assertive, even in my professional life. But that does not mean that I'm being aggressive or that I'm mad. And I will say just for me, having dealt with mostly like me and Jen talked about it. She, her, her culture from her, her career path has been white male dominated, whereas I've experienced working for white women and they are so threatened by me, like by my personality. And it's such a weird thing. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I get that. That has everything to do with their stuff and not yours. And that's where we got to tie that conversation about projection because, you know, projection, that clinical term that says basically um, I'm putting all my stuff onto you. The classic example is if I'm, if I'm a partner who's cheating on someone, I'm blaming you for cheating when it's me. Like confessions, like, oh, she's dead. You know, like he was projecting his stuff. Y'all know that song. So that's projection. Don't get me mad because I still ain't let Usher let it go. Okay. I'm not. (laughs) You know, you got to make a plan for the people, which is what I try to do. So I think that is threatening piece you just brought up. Queen, I think is, has a lot to do with um, projection, people projecting their own insecurities on you. And I heard someone say before that if we all understood projection, I think we would take things less personally. And I had to sit with that thing. I said, you know what? They right. That's good. I had to sit with that, right? Because then you realize it's not me, it's you and your stuff. Like, you know, and so I'm not going to take what you just said to me personally. I'm just going to keep moving. Like, if you think I'm an aggressive black woman, that's on you. Somehow I triggered something that little Johnny did you in sixth grade. That's your own bullying mess coming up because I ain't do nothing but just say, hey, this is the time we were going to meet not this time it's convenient for my schedule that's me advocating for my own self-care maybe i'm just trying to rearrange my schedule so that i can meet you at a certain time i'm not trying to be mean about it so i think there's a really great video on youtube that talks about the black woman syndrome and they outline all these different archetypes of black women that's really great I can, i'm gonna send it to you just so y'all can watch it but it basically talks about the black woman syndrome the superhero syndrome i mean basically part of that narrative is the angry black woman And it just kind of perpetuates that narrative that the reason the black woman is not happy is because she has been through so much stuff and all this stress that we take on and all these roles we wear and hats we we wear are going to kill us eventually, you know? So nobody wants to walk around angry or defensive, but why is that black woman upset? If that's how you interpret it, how can we start a conversation that's meaningful and effective to where you can ask her, like, what is it that you know, you may be dealing with right now, you know, depending on your relationship with the person. But why is this person, this black woman, quote unquote, angry or upset? Why does she have her defenses up? I'm quite sure that there's a lot she has going on and lots of things she's juggling because black women are just the backbone of everything. Just let's put that out there. She has a lot going on. So if you interpret her as being angry and it's, let's say she is angry, then rightfully so. I have not had time to take care of myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what you want me to do about that? And so I think that's that's part of my movement is helping people, black women especially, understand that it's okay to take that cape off and take care of yourself because if you don't, nobody will. And if you don't, then you're going to keep getting that same 
feedback of you being so angry. Why are you popping off? And some of that's valid. I'm popping off because I ain't, I ain't had no sleep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a whole thing. There's so many layers you can actually keep going through. And that's why I, I say layers because it's so important for the conversation for people to understand there's more to a black woman than whatever you fill in the blank with. And Christian there's reasons behind it. In my face and was like, I see. About? But that's exactly <laughs> what I be trying to tell Miss Ma'am over there. She needs to take oh. her off, shut it down. Mm-hmm. Shut it down, Jen. Control, alt, delete, log off. Okay? Okay. All of it. <laughs> I think that it's so important that you say that. And mm-hmm. I reflect back to your right. It's, I ain't even got my mind together. And I'm having to put all of these little pieces together to make things take, you know? And... Yeah, I'm, I've been on Jen about that because she really has to, she yeah. has to shut it down. She has to shut it down. So, so I receive that. I completely receive that. I accept it. I know I am learning to embrace do not disturb on my phone. We have talked about this. However, comma, what I do want to say, yes, I put the grammatical comma in there. Yes. What I do want to say is just as Christian mentioned, this is a narrative that starts in childhood that I don't think parents realize they put on their children, right? Mom, dad, that's not for y'all. Don't come for me. However, (laughs) what I'm saying is when, when we are taught things and we talked about this, right? Like never leave a person behind, never, you know, let somebody else struggle, do what you need to do to help people. And that comes with collectivism, right? And I appreciate a collectivistic like mind frame. I appreciate it. I love it because individualistic mind frames irritate my spirit, right? I am here for the community. I'm here to do whatever I can for anyone that is in my circle. And that's how we are taught. And so the superhero cape, like it starts from when we're on the playground and we see that one person being picked on and our moms go, well, why didn't you say something? Cause I was trying to play in the sandbox. What are you talking about? So. <laughs> Like it starts from there. That's where our narrative is. That's where our covering is. That's where these layers begin to form. Um, and and it's such it, it's just such a struggle. Like even when we're talking about relationships, and that's a whole nother episode. But Queen and I were talking about relationships, and when we see the example from our parents, and we see how much they've gone through with each other, and there's that narrative, you know stick with them, stick it out, keep going, do what you can, save this person, help this person, you know, with that partner, go through everything together. It is, it's a lot of pressure that again, until the past couple of years, I didn't realize was the pressure of the narrative of the strong, powerful, positive black woman. It's just like, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's innate because a lot of things are learned, but some of it is innate. It's just who we've historically had to be. So we've had to historically shrink our personalities, but at the same time, historically save everybody else and keep everything else together. And that's my struggle. That is my absolute struggle. So can I ask a question? Yes. Do you think that the recent in the recent years having to feel that like you're feeling that pressure do you think that's because you're like reaching your limit like you're kind of exhausted with it do you oh think yeah that's where the pressure is coming from yeah like I'm exhausted 
like on any given day. Like I can have, I told you, like my high energy levels are like between 3 a.m. and 10 a.m., but I'm still operating out of exhaustion during those high energy levels. It's just, it's like constantly, it does, because it doesn't turn off for me. It's always on. When, like I sit in front of my laptop starting at 4 a.m. in the morning, sometimes 3 a.m. in the morning, and I'm like, who can I help? What can I do? What opportunity can I make for this person? How can I bring this person out? It just like, it's constant. And it is so exhausting. And what I've noticed is that in my relationships with people, if I don't get the response that I feel like I want out of them when I'm trying to relinquish some of that responsibility, I shut the whole situation down. Nope, you can't be my person because you didn't give me what I needed in that moment when I needed a break. So, you know, th there's a whole balance that I'm working through between masculine, quote unquote, masculine and quote unquote, feminine energy that I'm working through for myself. And I think that once I get through the point where I'm at least halfway through that, it'll be so much easier for me to just relax. Because again, being in fields, I remember 11 years old, what 11 year old is carrying a briefcase with folders and documents and contracts going to their father's business meetings me and queen girl that's how we were raised go deep back then hello yeah. <laughs> hello people will think you lying but she not though i remember oh my gosh I remember, I remember going to minority business association meetings at 11 years old with my dad carrying a briefcase carrying his meeting notes sitting down with a notepad taking notes for his meeting going to business meetings where he's negotiating on a job, you know, signing contracts, writing down notes, coming home, typing them up. Like that was my childhood. So people don't understand when I say like, relax, this is my relax. For me to sit in my laptop is relaxing because otherwise I'd be in business meetings. Otherwise I'd be in conferences. And that is my culture. That is why there's a disconnect that people don't understand. Queen and I are so business-minded. We are always talking about business. We're always thinking about business. We're always working on a business. So for us to sit back and have a spa day, my phone is right beside me. What contract can I, I literally get just got an email Thanks. and I'm like, hold up, let me respond to this. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> right. Had to put the conversation on mute just to see what do they need? Like this is, this is, so when somebody asks me, do I identify as a black woman? This is the type of black woman that I identify as, right? I can't identify with going out, partying, wasting time, I'd love to go out to a party and hang out and chill, but guess what? The moment I do that, somebody else is snatching an opportunity away from me that I'm I got to take hold of. I'm going to try to do both, okay? Yeah, Queen's going to try to do both. I'm going to do both. <laughs> I'm going to step out the club to answer a call, and I'm going to come back in. I am. Mm -hmm. going to get my dance on. <laughs> Man, I love the range here. That's And that's what we had alluded to earlier. It's just everybody has their own experience. Mm -hmm. I think that we have to... Some people will ask, why are you talking about the black experience? Like, why I got this podcast and you talking about being black and all that? And I think what people in general just need to understand that there is a special type of experience as a black woman. Well, <laughs> just do it. You put black on it and there's a special type of experience. And I don't always mean it. And I don't mean special always in the positive sense. Like, they're, like literally, did y'all watch the news and see what happened in Colombia? Yes, with the guy like I don't want to like take us too far off topic but I exhausted exhausted literally is down the street from my house like all that stuff that was happening and my son we just gave him permission to ride his bike around the neighborhood because he's 10 right and so like I'm thinking my our 10 year old and 4 year old 
play in the neighborhood. We go for walks and we go, you know, and do that thing. And I bring this up because that's the first thing that came to mind. I am a mom, yes, but I'm a black mom. So there are different conversations we even have to have around that. That is exhausting. So last night I'm telling my son uh, what was going on, or I think it was Wednesday when the, when the guy got arrested. Um, and for those of y'all, I guess, who are listening who don't know, there was a, a white man aggressively assaulting a young 22-year-old black boy. I'll call him a boy because he that's what he is. He's a baby. He's 22, walking around his neighborhood and scared him and pushed him and verbally assaulted him and emotionally assaulted him. I did a whole Wellness Wednesday talk on it, just off the cuff, because I was just so emotional about it. I have to think about having conversations differently because I'm black. So when people ask, why do you always have to put black in front of things? Because somebody's going to listen to this message and hear why y'all want to have these conversations about being black. It's because of stuff like that, because our white kids are not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something that we put we don't put black in front of everything, not only for the pride piece, like that's important, but you have to put that asterisk there because, okay, I know that I need to approach this differently because, again, my culture, my worldview, my values are shaped by experiences that white people don't have. So we have to have those conversations and we have to say this is a black situation because it's like, okay, I got to put, I got to flip that switch. So we got to talk about racism. And even though you're an honor roll student, baby, and you're the sweetest 10 year old I know, somebody could look at you and you're already a threat. And that's the whole soapbox I have about just our black kids in general already being research has shown us they're already seen as bad quote-unquote by the time they leave elementary school school to prison pipeline for young men that starts in third grade my son is in fourth grade so you know i have to think about that kind of stuff when i'm parenting i don't think white moms have to do that i don't know what y'all know but i'm quite sure that's not part of the narrative (laughs) wow that listen listen I used to be that person. I used to be that person that said, why do we have to talk about it being a Black issue? And that's why I say up until a few years ago, it was like, I knew I was Black, but I didn't know, right? Like, I didn't know what you saw when you looked at me until a few years ago. And so, like, now it's crazy to me how I could ever think it was okay to say, why do we have to have that conversation? Because now, like, I feel it all the time. Like, I feel Black all the time. (laughs) Everywhere that I go, something reminds me that I am Black. And before, I knew I was Black, but I didn't didn't feel it. And it took a trip to Mississippi for me to realize (laughs) how Black of the Black I actually was. Mississippi will do it to you every time. Every time. (laughs) And that was my first time like being in Mississippi for like a couple of days. And I felt the blackness, right? So like the people that I met in Mississippi, love them. So sweet. We talk regularly. I literally call her sis. She calls me sis. I call her dad, dad. Like that's how close we ended up being. But I remember being in Mississippi, driving across Emmett Till Bridge, being at a location that was right across the street from where the trial took place. When I tell you I pulled up to that location and I was like, like, like I get chills even talking about it now because I felt black. Like I felt like, okay, I may need to make sure that I'm out of here by a certain time so that I can make sure that I'm on the road and that it's not dark because I don't want to get stopped. I don't want there to be any issues. I just, yes, girl, you know, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I think that comes from recently the, before we knew these things were kind of happening behind closed doors, but now with social media, you know, everybody videoing everything, I think it just makes it so much more 
like relevant, like you feel it. And I, and it's crazy because this goes back to the conversation that we had, Jen, about how your experiences differ. Because I had that moment when I was riding, we were, first of all, we were doing something we probably didn't have no business doing, riding on the back roads in Denmark, South Carolina. And we come to this road and there's cotton fields. You just see cotton fields. I was literally bawling when that happened. I'd never seen anything like that. And the girl that I was with, she was like, isn't it crazy that this land is now owned by black people, but this is the same land that they used to pick, that the family used to pick cotton on. And I was like, I'm y'all full tears streaming because it's like, whoa, whoa. Wow. Uh, for me, my moment was definitely in Mississippi. I was literally like, I'm driving. What is all this white stuff? Like, I, I was like, I rolled down the window. I was like, wait, is it cold? I was like, this can't be snow. And it was cotton. And I had never seen cotton growing out of the ground before. And I was just like surrounded by it for miles. No houses, just cotton. And I was just like, wow. And then it was a swamp and then it was Emmett Till High. And I'm just like, this is a lot. I, 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 I did not feel safe. Not because someone, you know, there was no one that in, inflicted that on me, but it was for me. It was like ancestrally, historically, I did not feel safe. I didn't feel protected. I didn't feel covered. I didn't feel any of that. And I remember calling the person that I was dealing with then. And I was like, I feel so black right now. And they were like, what? I was like, no, no, no. I feel unsafe black. I feel could get lynched if it's dark outside black. I feel like someone only sees me as being black right now. That was that that was the moment. Life changing. So crazy. Yes, sis, breathe. I have to think about my black moment. I have to think about that. I want to say when I went to like only a couple of years ago, I went to the Civil Rights Museum in Tennessee and they have that full body bust of like life size bust of slaves chained together and my whole vibe changed. Like I you talk about chills. I just oof, I can't. And then you just think about the the kids, the women on the ship. Like, people who say that slavery doesn't matter now and racism should be over and done with, like, the spirit is telling me when I'm walking through a building like that, when you see a display and your body is responding, and that's that's just, that's even what I talk about with my clients, with the, my specialty is like a trauma therapist, is that after reading a really good book, it's called The Body Pizza Score by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, it's, it's so good. It tells you how your body literally keeps the score like we remember those traumatic events um even if your head doesn't cognitively recall it may not even be your experience but our bodies do something where we see like the execution of george floyd your body's going to do something you know what i'm saying so that's the kind of thing that we are contending with as black women women period already have a whole bunch of things we're expected to do but then as a black mom or a black woman or a black woman executive or anything, it's just, it's too much that we have to juggle, which I think that's why we, I think part of the movement needs to be us moving towards peeling these layers back and just identifying as 
you yourself first. That's part of that self-care piece. Just even take, I mean, I don't want to take black away from who I am, but you know what I'm saying? Like, who is Christian the woman? Um, And I've had a lot of conversations with people, especially COVID, y'all. COVID got people thinking about all kinds of stuff. Are you stuck inside, child? you stuck at home with your abuser? Or your partner who just doesn't, who, who neglects you and doesn't know how to connect to you anymore? These kids that was gone for eight, ten hours a day, and now you got to feed them things? Like, that's my experience. I think I'm getting a little personal, but y'all, I'm just like... I have to figure out who Christian the woman is now because all those rules roles are mushed together when you're in quarantine. So that's been a really unique experience. Um, and I think people now, you know, talk about hot girl summers again because they just like, I want to get back to me. But I guarantee you're not going to have a hot girl summer the same way you did before now. Like you have evolved, you know, like we got to think about that kind of stuff. Um, and that's back to my point. Our identities change through time and they should. You know what I'm saying? Life teaches us certain things and takes us to different places. Listen, Quee and I were talking about our hot girl summer and she's forcing me to have a hot girl summer. However, my hot girl summer narrative is going to look a little different because y'all know I don't do anything regular. So my hot girl summer will be done in luxury. Okay. At resorts. Hello. First class. Hello. <laughs> so Christian, so we available the more merrier. I'm not mad at it. Y'all just let me know. I'm trying to get away from these kids. <laughs> I mean that with all the love, but my word, I'm trying to get up out of here too. <laughs> right, right. Wow. This has been a really amazing conversation. It's it's definitely felt safe. And that's why that's why we're here, right? We keep saying that over and over again, a safe space. Cause I know y'all are gonna come for me. And I know, you know, y'all are gonna judge me. Um, however, comma, I'm okay with it. Jen needs to be invited to the cookout or not. In the Let me tell you something. Y'all better invite Ugh. me to all of the cookouts. Matter of fact, don't even, I'm throwing all the cookouts from now on. Forget it. The whole yes, throw your own cookouts, sis. You I'm better take all the power back. Listen, power. sis is vegan, but sis can cook. So if she have a cookout. I'm going. Right. <laughs> and I'm gonna bring Ambrosia to give y'all a little flavor in there too. Don't play with me. Shoot. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but I know they be having it at other folks' cookouts. So we gonna have it at ours too. Okay. Period period <laughs> but oh my goodness thank you so much christian thank you for this segment on the couch with christian um we've already spoken about it we've already decided that we are going to love and accept you and invite you back um you know especially when we start digging into trauma especially when we start talking about things that while we may have experienced them we are not versed enough to facilitate the type of conversation that other people may need to have in order to begin that healing. So listen, guys, in the description box where this post is, check out our resident therapist homegirl, Christian Jackson. Make sure that you go and you order her book, Daddy Issues, and the workbook. I know I did. Mine will be here soon. I will be doing all of the work. And I don't even have daddy issues like that that I know of. But we're about to peel back some layers. We are going to work through this process. So, guys, order that. Um, make sure that you follow her on all social media outlets. Make sure that you look at the description box to get those contacts. And make sure that you check out her website because she has an amazing eight-week healing circle. Make sure that you check out her website for those dates. Christian, feel free. Shameless plug. Go ahead. Well, since I think you just took care of most of that, y'all check me out. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um... Just like you said, I mean, I have launched this Daddy Issues movement based on my books that I dropped last summer. 
and now speaking of identity, I can add author to the list. I'm an authoress, like Maya used to say on Girlfriends. That's my show, y'all. Yeah, I think it's really, it's time for us to heal, especially as black women. And when I'm writing about daddy issues and what that woman with daddy issues looks like from the gold digger to the clingy type to the promiscuous girl, I have been all those women. I'm laying them out for you so that you can identify and see yourself and then learn how to heal thyself because we don't have to look like what we've been through, sis. So I'm excited to engage with y'all and thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I'm just glad my four-year-old didn't bust up in here. I made sure to put in the bed, which is why I had to come a little later. But I appreciate it, y'all. I'm looking forward to the work. Listen, ladies, make sure y'all get your heel on before you go to your hot girl summer. We need y'all, we need y'all in tip-top shape for this hot girl. <laughs> let them know let them know oh my goodness thank you thank you thank you again christian thank you so much for being here in this conversation with us thank y'all i'll catch y'all later sounds good bye all right hey boo it's just the two of us now <laughs> hey girl listen i hope y'all grabbed a glass of wine before this because because if you didn't you're gonna need it now okay I don't even drink wine, but listen. I got a glass if you need one. Let me Thank know. you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm about to be a whole adult right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But this how do you feel? Really good. This was a really good conversation. I think that we, we touched on a lot of topics that lead to segues that for many topics to come. I mean, just to kind of like piggyback off one of the things that was said during this is that we don't realize how our traumas and the way we were kind of like, we were raised. Like you think as an adult, once you step out of your parents' household that you are who you want to be, but you don't realize that those things and the way that you were programmed as a child really does like build you as a person, as an adult. And a lot of times we're still dealing with a part of that identity. It was so great to have the conversation, even about your name, like, and how, what your name means and how it like puts you in that identity box, you know? And it's, it's just really refreshing to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. Um, and so you're talking about like the way that we're raised. And I don't think we, I don't think it's something that we consciously think about, but I think being minorities, and I'm going to say minorities because um, each minority group has their own trauma, right? Or it, it, people period have their own trauma. Let me not discount anyone. But I think being raised out of trauma Right. Not not even if you go through traumatic experiences in your childhood, but being raised through ancestral trauma has an impact that we don't realize. Like, I think you and I had a conversation before and we were talking about even how we see like parents of black children and parents of, you know, non-black children um, in public and how a black mother will always snatch her black child up and will always be close. Let me not say always, but for the most part, right? That child is going to always be somewhere close to that mother. And there was a book that I was reading that I have to get the name of. I keep forgetting to get the name of it again. But that's because historically, if your Black child was not near you, you could not protect your Black child. But we don't realize that's why we still do it now. It's not, we don't from the, the, like the immediate threat, like, oh, you might be kidnapped, but you don't even know, like, mm -hmm. down, like, you can't protect your child from being accused of something. You can't protect your child from being made a target. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's so deep. It's just, it's just really deep rooted. It is. Even, even in the way that 
we act and we're in public, right? Like it's completely okay if a non-black or non-ethnically minority group's child acts out, what we consider acting out, right? They consider it being a normal child behaving regularly, but for us, it's acting out. And for us, it's like, if our children are seen that way, it's, oh, look at that black child. It's not look at that child, but it's look at that black child. And so that's why we're always, you know, on even from childhood. So yeah, like you said, these, these conversations, they, they peel back layers. Like Christian said, they, they facilitate more conversations and lead to segues. So I'm excited, girl. Girl, me too. I am. And it was so good having Christian on just her insight and her perspective. Mm -hmm. I love that she mentioned bringing that to the forefront, the layers of a black woman. Absolutely. Because I think sometimes people's personality, a lot of people's personality tends to just be like one level, one layer. They're always the same. There's no change. There's no differentiation. And for a lot of us, there's so much differentiation that we can't even keep up with ourselves sometimes. Hello. We'll be like, wait, we said that on this day? Girl, I don't know where my head was, but I apologize right now, right? It's, it's, whew. I think this is going to be a great experience. I think that we're both going to grow and learn mm -hmm. and be able to open up through this experience. So I'm excited. Because if y'all know us, you know, we don't open up but to each other and to other people that are on the same level as us. Probably. The rest of, of y'all don't really know nothing about us. Y'all think y'all know, but y'all have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we're going to close out this episode. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Mm so much we appreciate you make sure that you come back on the next episode okay bye, <laughs> bye guys hey guys thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Talkspace with Jen and Queen and remember we're here for all of it but let's tell the truth. We'll talk to you guys in two weeks.